Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Welcome. You guys are listening to The Command Zone, a podcast, uh, audio podcast, maybe, uh, maybe video podcast. I missed my cue. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. <laughs> oh, yeah. My name is Jimmy Wong. Uh, we are your hosts for The Command Zone podcast. We talk about all things Commander and EDH, but you guys probably already knew that. Well, we want to make sure that they're not confusing this with the sideboard episode, which we oh, that's just right. had. <laughs> you know, so we're back to The Command Zone now. Yep. You Don't can worry. tell by the normal intro and the fact that we have not mentioned... Well, we're going to talk about Commander today, actually. So, uh, we have a really special, exciting episode. I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, we, for one, we have a Commander 2015 spoiler. Spoiler alert! Air horn alert! Pew pew pew! But we also have a very fun episode because today we are going to be talking about first the Magic Online Legendary Cube. Legendary, legendary. <laughs> so they announced this uh, back in August. Uh, the Legendary Cube, uh, we'll do a very quick breakdown. Uh, it's a basically it's a new draft format that you can play on Magic Online. If you guys have played like the Legacy Cube on there before or the Holiday Cube, you'll uh, have a good idea of what a cube is. Or if you played a cube in real life, you'll know what it is. Um, it's very special because every creature within it is legendary. Yeah, it's been specifically designed to play like Commander, Yep, which is super exciting for us. Um, you know, it's it's really fitting because we just did... The sideboard episode, which was about draft, mm-hmm. and normally our content is about commander, and this legendary cube is basically like if draft and commander had a baby. Yeah. And it would be a, a cool baby. Yeah. Coolest baby on the block. The baby's favorite grandparents would be Prophet of Crufix <laughs> and Consecrated Sphinx. And I would not like would, Uncle B- uh, Blood Moon at all. Uh, I don't know if Consecrated Sphinx would make a good grandparent. That thing is like a giant Phyrexian bug. But it draws you a million cards. Yeah, but it's terrifying. That's like the grandparent <laughs> that just gives you the best presents all the time. Yeah, but every time it gives you the present, you feel and you're like, oh, God. Uh, it uh, smells like grandma's. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, the, the nice thing about the Legendary Cube is it ties right in also to the Commander 2015 probably because this time around you get to win cards from the cube. And outside from the cube, there's an independent selection of 149 cards. And you can actually win cards that are inside the cube. And this usually does not happen with cubes. Cubes, you draft and then you give the cards back. Yeah, usually they're phantom points or they call them player points play now. Player points but, now, yeah. Um, 
they're usually like, yeah, you just drop the cube and that's it. You don't get anything except for more phantoms or slash player points yeah. now. Um, it's good because you can't rare draft because you're drafting usually very high power level cards and stuff. That's true. Also, I mean, did you say this? You were talking so fast. Uh, <laughs> maybe I'm repeating, but the cards you're going to win, some of them are going to be cards from the new Commander 2015 product. And that's Correct. the only way that you're actually going to be able to get those cards on Magic Online because they're not going to sell the Commander pre-con decks online. Because yeah. Well, there's only 55 new cards in the set. Um, and, uh, in, I mean, honestly, just buying a full box of the pre-con is not good value. You know, you can get all the cards individually for they cheaper. They haven't historically sold well on MTGO, so this is their way of sort of trying something different. And I think it's smart. Yeah, I think it's smart, too. And, of course, who doesn't love cracking packs, especially when you can win them playing in a really sweet cube. Um, so I, you know, who knows, this may be my first steps to making an EDH deck on Magic Online. Oh, snap! Oh, snap! Get ready for me to really miss a lot of triggers um, <laughs> no you can't wait well you can't miss triggers i'll on misclick my... through all of them oh okay. yeah okay or i'll gotcha. forget to do stuff in response and be like oh god it was you know that was your end step why is it my turn oh no uh, it's all over <laughs> <laughs> so to talk about the uh legendary cube on mtgo we have brought in a very special guest Woo-hoo. we have adam prozac adam works in magic r&d that's research and development as a game designer adam thanks for coming on the show hey man hey thanks for having me Absolutely. Um, well, first off, Adam, uh, let's give our viewers a, a very brief breakdown of who you are. So I am a developer in Magic R&D. In relation to this, I uh, do a lot of my work on maintaining the uh, other cubes that we have on Magic Online, the Legacy Cube and the Vintage Cube. Uh, I've been at Wizards for about two years. Very nice. Do you play Commander yourself? So I've dabbled in Commander. I'm not I'm certainly not the uh, hardcore commander player that you guys are. <laughs> well, few uh, few are, Adam. Few are. Yeah, I know. We're, we're right. at that upper echelon at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a commander deck? Not currently. Oh, who have, have you? Go ahead. I've built, uh, I've built commanders decks in the past. Uh, in fact, a lot of my commanders show up in the legendary cube. Uh-huh. I uh, wonder why that is. Yeah. <laughs> I've had uh, a Hannah Ships Navigator deck, uh, oh, nice. a Niv Mizzet uh, deck. You and, monster! Well, I don't, I don't kill you instantly with my Niv Mizzet deck. <laughs> yeah, you just do it. I, I never like so. the instant <laughs> win combos. Yeah. Uh, and I had a Cedrus deck, an Unearth deck. That was my favorite. Oh, very nice. That's so, a mechanic so I don't see very often. Are we correct in assuming that, like, if we ever see those cards come across uh, the legendary cube, we should take them because you've supported those cards more than the others? <laughs> uh, not necessarily. Um, That's a yes. That's a yes, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of uh, my personal favorite cards. It's it's interesting, and we'll get into this more. But uh, building a cube with such a constraint is so interesting. You know, if all the creatures are legendary, a ton of cards that are just like commander staples, like your eternal witnesses. Right, right. You know, your your prophet of crew fixes, your consecrated states, they're not in here. Grandma and grandpa are not in there? I mean they should mm. be legendary with how ridiculously powerful <laughs> they are. <laughs> well, I I certainly wouldn't want to play them as my commander. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Broken. Yeah, seriously. Uh let's talk about speaking of the constraint. Let's talk about where the entire idea for the Legendary Cube came from. Was that something that you came up with? Is it a team? How does it work exactly? It certainly wasn't my idea, but our, we so we in Magic R&D, we have a, a digital component to it. So people that work exclusively on Magic Online. Right. And 
a lot of what they're trying to do is come up with new, like, cool content for that can only really be done on Magic Online. Yeah. Something that Magic Online can offer that other things. Right, like that's why we did Vintage Masters, right? Uh, Tempest Remastered. Yeah, for those that don't know, uh, Vintage and the Eternal formats are insanely cheaper to play on Magic Online, and it really is one of the only realistic ways you can play because they're a... allowed to actually quote unquote yeah. reprint the reserve list because they're not actually printing them; they're creating them digitally, so that yeah. you can you can play with Black Lotus and, and you can actually open a pack that has yeah, Black Magic Lotus. Yeah, Magic Online yep. does not have a reserve list, so right. you can to do a bunch of cool things like vintage and i actually worked on both vintage masters and tempest remaster very, oh, very cool. nice yeah so who so where did the idea for the legendary cube itself come from we, right now we uh, support two different cubes vintage cube with a holiday cube and the legacy cube those are really popular but those kind of just like take a format legacy or vintage and just kind of take the best cards possible Right. So it's at the absolute top right. of the power curve. You know, power curve. You're just getting the most powerful cards. Well, we thought, like, well, not everybody just wants to play. Not all of these cards are for everybody. And so, like, you know, a lot of people with a lot of different cubes, you know, common and uncommon cubes, tribal cubes, color-only cubes, you know, all sorts of different cubes. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, what kind of different cube can we make at Wizards that might serve a different audience? And we're like, oh, wow, one of the underserved audiences on Magic Online is a commander uh, audience. And that's kind of where it came from. Uh it actually started out as a multicolored cube that was just going to have a lot of the like multicolored and legendary. Right. Well, the original multicolored cards were all legendaries way back in the day when they were exactly. fully gold. Right. And so that's where it came out. That's where it started. And very quickly it turned into like, hey, what happens if literally every single creature is legendary? That's awesome. That is very awesome. And then it just went from there. Did you hear that, everybody? It's the commander community. Like yeah, they know about it. us. <laughs> <laughs> we make, we make commander products for you guys every year. No, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm not pretending that you. We're do, very, right? fruit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, I, it's and funny, conspiracy. Like everyone that I follow from Wizards on Twitter, I uh, the most I usually see are like, "Hey, it's Commander Night," and you just see like eight decks on the tail. You're like, "Whoa, that must be sweet to have such an immediate play group." Um, yeah, it, yeah. There's a there's a ton of people that play uh commander at wizards in fact one of the people on the development team robert schuster oh yes uh, he, he organizes the command uh the command zone arg the pirate himself yeah the pirate <laughs> himself yeah if you guys watch the community cup you will uh recognize robert as he was the one that faced off against us in the very first ever commander section of the community and jimmy's cup. deck just steamrolled him well i mean it, it slowly steamrolled him <laughs> it was tr- true steamroller it went very slowly and you could see it coming from a mile away <laughs> So, Adam, what was your specific role uh, on the Legendary Cube? So, uh, we had in R&D, most products get uh, two different processes. They get a des- uh, design process and a development process. Mm-hmm. A lot of things are even more complicated than that, you know, art and story and all that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. But for, uh, for this product, there's basically a design process and a development process within R&D. And uh, so design kind of creates the vision uh, that was led by Randy Bueller. Right. And he's he works on. May have heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You may have heard of him. He's a Hall of Famer, does our coverage. And he, he works on the, the other cubes also, right? Yeah. And he's yes. also re- he's responsible for the super leagues that are on Twitch, which are right. super fun to watch. Right. So, yeah, uh, Randy and I 
do the same thing for our legacy and vintage games. So it's a natural extension that we would work on this one. This one was different because we actually spent uh, a whole process. We had a uh, team of people uh, working with us. So Randy led the design and I led the development. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then my development team was myself, uh, aforementioned Robert Schuster and uh, Jackie Lee, who's a former pro player Mm -hmm. who now works in R&D. We spent a bunch of time working and getting this right and it's and everything changes so rapidly when we're building something from scratch it uh takes quite a bit of time so my role was to lead the development randy gave me a, something to work with he he came up with something from nothing right and then i took that and worked it into what what you'll play on magic online about how long does that process take so let's say if they said today you know you hadn't started on it yet okay we're gonna do a legendary cube how long in, until it's like you, you say, okay, it's ready to go? It, we, it was in design and development for about 16 weeks. Okay. About four months? Four months, yeah. Yeah. The, you have the coolest job because <laughs> because Jimmy, yep. Jimmy and I have been teaming up with a friend of ours, Craig, and Craig did most of the work, honestly, but and we've been making a cube for fun. Yeah. This is your job. Yep. Yeah. You're, well, you're I, a lucky, I've, lucky man, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I've built cubes, you know, ever since I know a cube exists, like I've built cubes for over 10 years. Right. Yeah. You just, and, and at first you were doing the same thing, just doing it for fun, but now you actually get paid. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now you yeah. actually get paid to do it. Do, do you like look up and like thank your fairy godmother that like, <laughs> I mean, because yeah. if you don't, you definitely should. I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah you want that fairy godmother to stop waving the magic wand. I very much tell people that I have the best job in the world and it'd be really difficult for me to imagine doing anything else. Yeah, absolutely. I so, mean, we'll, I mean, we'll definitely have to have an episode on Cube. It may be a sideboard episode for us yeah. because it is an, a really fascinating format and you get to play with a power level that I think is very similar and familiar to Commander players because it's up there. And yeah, you can create combos and you can, yeah. you know, yeah, it's very, very cool. Well, the th- great thing about Cube is that you actually get to pick your power level. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and you get to go into a cool archetype that someone else has designed and sort of given you the support and tools to make. Um, mm-hmm. That's why I'm really excited, actually, because commander cards, I think, have a lot of direction built into them, especially the commanders and stuff. Uh, now, how much of those, the product, when you, you guys only, uh, you didn't include, obviously, every one of the new cards, but a lot of them are going to be in there. How much impact did those cards and their power level have on sort of the other cards in the cube that may or may not affect them? So... Uh, with the cards in uh, Commander products, uh, a lot of them aren't really great at going into a cube, especially for Magic Online, because so Cube is a one versus one format. Right? Correct. Yeah. Right. And a lot of the best Commander designs kind of scale or work better when you have a lot of different players. You'll see that you know, for example, the I forget which commander it's in, but like the join forces mechanic. Right. That has to do with how many other players choose right. to do something with yeah. you. Yeah. So if it's just one on one, it's not there's not a lot of interesting stuff that goes on. But if there's five people now, all of a sudden there's a bunch of negotiation mm-hmm. and the power level of your effect can grow or shrink depending. Right. And don't get me wrong, there are still a ton of like commander has a ton of influence, like commander products, all of them yeah, totally. together has a ton of influence. There's a ton of those cards. In here, but like typically, you only get a few from each commander set mm-hmm. that that work really well. Like a lot of the creatures end up uh, from one of the commander because commander is where you get to have like the three and four, you know, two and three color legends. Right. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, especially because they're enemy-themed this year in Commander 2015. And uh, yep. uh, we'll actually be cracking a pack later on in the show, and we'll get to see sort of what colors are going on there. Um, very mm-hmm. exciting, though. I, I, I cannot wait to to at least test some of these out in a new 1v1 format. Because it's interesting, in the Legacy Cube, Consecrated Sphinx is can be a first pick out of a pack. But it's and not amazing. It's not amazing, but it's still... That's really good, strong. you know. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. still super strong, which is great because you know it doesn't just because it's better in multiplayer doesn't mean it's not equally strong and as first pickable in one v one, which is interesting. Makes sense. Um, can you talk to us, Adam, about some of the unique challenges for this cube specifically that maybe wouldn't be there for another cube? I mean, yeah. I, you, you talked about the legendary thing and Eternal Witness, but was there anything else? When it comes to legendary creatures, do a gatherer search on how many legends there are, uh-huh. and then take all the ones that are like really really specific and you actually don't have a, a ton of things to choose from right it you do you are restricted to a very small amount of things and then you do stuff like uh look at the balance of the cube like for example one of the cards one of the first cards we tried out and cut was empress galena <laughs> too good you look at that one that's just like it steals a legendary totally yeah. ridiculous yeah it just steals all of your opponent's creatures yeah, right that's insane yeah that that card's totally broken in a cube where everything's legendary but makes a lot of sense <laughs> on, the, on the flip side we were able to take a lot of the other cards that are like legends matters or uh-huh. work well with legends and kind of build stuff on that so that is exciting. There are a lot of Legends Matters cards, and I don't actually see them too often in EDH, like Arena of the Ancients kind of sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I really like that effect because I think, you know, obviously we're all playing with powerful creatures, and a lot of them are legendaries. Mm-hmm. Um, another question. are uh, Now, they don't have the legendary subtype, but will we be seeing Planeswalkers of any sort in this cube? So there, there are a couple planes. I believe there are two, and they both support one of, one of the big uh, like sub-themes. And the thing that they support the artifacts theme. So there's Tezzeret the Seeker and Dreddy Scraps of Ah, yes. Very nice. We did build in some some themes where we could. Like So there are some archetypes. There absolutely archetypes. Um it's a lot of times it's tough to get them with only legendary creatures because not there aren't a ton of legends right. uh, that makes that a lot of sense. Fit into the same theme. Right, and then without non-legends, it's hard to make certain themes work. Like, a, like I, I'm gonna guess that a flicker mechanic would be tough because most of the things you want to flicker are not legendary. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah, flicker just like doesn't have like you don't have your bull drifters or your you know yeah your, your cloud goat mana wars or, yeah. yeah or anything like that. And a lot of times when we're making normal sets, we'll build a theme like say landfall in Battle for Zendikar. Mm-hmm. We'll build a landfall theme into the set, and then we'll top it off with like one legend. Right. Right. Well, one yeah. legend does not a theme make. <laughs> yeah, there. It's like there's Tassiger, but there's not like a whole bunch of Delve legends. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There's a Delve legend, so yeah. a lot of the legends come at you from like different different angles and different things. So a lot of the synergies and archetypes are built into the non-creatures. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm guessing the artifacts, enchantments, instants, and sorceries are going to be a big make a big difference, sort of in the cube because they're yeah. th- that's where you can really get creative in molding what what happens with the cards. So we yeah we looked at enchantments, but again, a lot of the payoff cards are creatures and non legendary creatures. Mm-hmm. So we really didn't have access to like an Argothian enchantress. 
right. for example, or like yeah. uh, Core Spirit Dancer. Right, any of the stuff that really pays you for having a bunch of enchantments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Right, so there is an Instance and Sorcerers uh, deck. Uh, they're a lot of fun to draft. I'm definitely an Izzet guy myself. <laughs> oh, very nice. Is Melek in the cube? I th- yeah. Oh, yeah. Captain Paragon. When possible, a lot of them are mostly supported in the non-creatures, but maybe have like two to five, you know, somewhere, some low amount like uh, Tallrand Tall is Rand. in the cube. Right. Yep. So there's some stuff. This is so exciting. These are all cards that I know. Sometimes you'll mention like a legacy card. I'm like, eh, I don't really know what it is. But every single one of these legendary creatures, I'm like, oh, yes, I know them very well. <laughs> I know I know that whole deck. Yeah. <laughs> so you probably, you probably know more about these cards than I do because when I was building this, I had to look up so many cards. Like, <laughs> I became 300 times more familiar with every single legendary creature in Magic. I bet. I just, Oh, when yeah. building this, I would just constantly just have gather opens, let you know, just type in legend and just <laughs> see what comes stare up. at stare at my screen for a while, you know. <laughs> well, I'm chomping at the bit here. Why don't we just get to the getting? Yeah, what do you think? let's do it. Okay, so we are going to crack a pack of the legendary cube. It's a digital pack. Um, Hold on, I'll, I'll do some real life sound effects. Oh, we got a fully stage here. Yeah, uh, this is actually, actually a granola a, bar. A granola bar. I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> We didn't even have to say the granola bar part. They don't know. They don't know, right? That yeah, one's actually fold. that one's actually a pack. <laughs> That's yeah, a pack. So that was still a granola bar. <laughs> we're gonna list that. We're gonna read off the cards that are in the pack and what they do. If you're in your car or you're listening to it, it, it might be a little tough to follow. Yep. If you can, I would suggest that you go to YouTube uh, and you check out our page there because you'll be able to see all the cards. We'll put them all up on screen, um, but we will read them so that you know if you can't do that. You can try yeah. and follow along as best you can. Hopefully, you'll know some of these cards because some of them are commander staples. Yeah, we'll go through, do a little discussion on the all, and then we get to choose. Oh my gosh, I feel like we're limited resources here. We get to choose which one of these creatures we would take, or or uh, lands, or artifacts, or whatever. Which which card we would take first? So uh, we're gonna pretend like we just opened up a draft on Magic Online for the Legendary Cube. The first and pack. For, huh? for what it's worth, this is very much a pack you could open. Like we kind of hit the random button a couple times until oh, very we nice. found. An actual booster pack. Excellent. Ooh, I'm, that's so this exciting. is indicative of what you could open when you do play the cube. All right, Jimmy. Sweet. Okay, yeah. so we're we're gonna we've already sorted them into uh, subtypes so that we can just go through them more easily. All right, here comes the booster pack. We're starting off with creatures. The first creature in the pack is Orim Samite Healer. I, I've never I've never seen this guy before. Uh, one white white. Actually, a she. Uh, it is a one three legendary creature, human cleric, and you can tap to prevent the next three damage that would be dealt to target creature or player this turn. I have played with this card. Um, these type of cards are actually sort of freakishly good. Yeah. It's hard to see it on the card, but it makes combat, like, so complicated. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's tough to an attack and a block for this Yeah, guy. and someone that is playing something like Merith or something that pings, you can just really blank a lot of that stuff, too. Yeah, it's it's actually a very good card. I mean, it's well, we'll, we'll go through. I, I, it's going to be hard to tell from only one card whether or not that one card is pickable or not. Yeah, I think this is much better one v one. However, yeah, oh, for, yeah sure, for, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next one is Miri the Cursed, two and two black for a three two vampire cat legend. Yeah. Has flying, first strike, and haste. Whenever Miri the Cursed deals combat damage to a creature. Put a one-one counter on Miri the Cursed. Remember, she does have first strike, so yeah. 
unless she's fighting a creature with first strike, she'll get that counter before taking jam- damage. Yeah, she reminds me a lot of uh, Drana, the Liberator Malakir mm-hmm. that yep. was in Battle for Zendikar. But I, I played against this card once in a one v one game, and I was destroyed by it. I mean, if it if it hits one time and doesn't die, it's you're probably in big trouble. Yeah, and it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, and it, it puts if you couldn't kill it the first time, yeah. then what's going to happen the next time? Yeah, now notably, both of our cards so far have had two of the mana symbols in them, so there's a little bit of a dedication if we're going to go into these cards. Uh, Adam, is there is there anything we're seeing so far from these first two cards that are sort of archetype-specific that you, you know, one of the archetypes you talked about earlier? No, one thing to notice is that uh, if you look at the legends, not a lot of them are lower on the mana curve. Mm-hmm. Right. So these are actually on the low end interesting at, oh at that's a good point because there's not a lot of two drop legends there's just not yeah. very many of them yeah exactly in fact yeah our booster does not have a single card that is two cmc or less right oh, so no kid jason i suppose there's actually only a couple that are three there, even there are no there are cards in the queue oh right? okay yeah our booster correct yeah our booster but you just don't see a, a really high percentage mm-hmm. of them compared to a regular dra- uh main booster set bat uh draft environment yeah well that certainly mimics commander as well which games always of course tend to go longer and you're able to put out bigger sweeter creatures if you yeah if you jam your your commander deck full of one mana and two mana cards (laughs) it's not not a good place to be (laughs) yeah exactly if you do that in your modern deck then you're you're doing something right (laughs) it's great yeah right uh, the next card everybody will be familiar with that plays Commander, it's Urbrask the Hidden, three and two red for a four four legendary creature Praetor. Creatures you control have haste, and creatures your opponents control enter the battlefield tapped. Yeah, now this is a proper uh aggro card right here, especially because it's so hard for your opponent to put real blockers down. It's hard to come, come back if you're ever behind and they play Erebrask. It's really hard to come back. Yeah, especially if they're attacking. But, and... Especially if you plan on coming back by playing blockers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just never going to happen, right? Right, right. Yeah, that's a very powerful card. And a five mana, four, four, nothing to scoff at. Now, this next guy, uh, this is this guy's a beating. It's Thrun, the last troll. Two green, green for a four, four legendary creature troll shaman. Thrun the Last Troll can't be countered. Very important. And he also cannot be the target of spells or abilities your opponents control. So has Hexproof. Has Hexproof. And for one in the green, you can regenerate him. Holy moly. Four mana, four, four. Hexproof. Can't be countered. Two mana to regenerate. This is like the perfect thing to strap stuff onto. <laughs> Equipment, uh, enchantment, or is, like... is there a Voltron um, archetype? Um, Not really. There are absolutely equipment. Mm-hmm. In here, but and we'll be seeing I wouldn't one in say second. there's an equivalent of the modern hexproof deck. Uh-huh. <laughs> there's cer- yeah, there's certainly not like a daybreak coronet right, strategy right. in here. However, this is this is kind of like one of the quote unquote beatdown cards. Right. Where your beatdown cards, you're, you're starting higher, but you're hitting really hard. Thrun and Urbrask and Miri are all three of them are pretty good and kind of dealing lots of damage quickly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. Even Often. if they're not starting, you know, on turn one or two or whatever. Yeah, and do remember that the in the cube you will have twenty life, not forty life. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. That's that's important to notice. So there are attacking strategies that are that are worthwhile, even if everything is more expensive. Yeah, absolutely. So our next card here is not for an attacking strategy. <laughs> I think are you, you mentioned her earlier as one of your favorite cards. Yep. Yeah. Um. It's Hannah Ship's Navigator. Love this card. So for one W, uh, it's a one-two, not very big, 
but it has the ability of one W. Uh, tap it to return an artifact or enchantment card from your graveyard to your hand. Uh-huh. So there's a lot of really cool artifacts and enchantments that we'll get to later. And this kind of ties them together if they get destroyed or mm-hmm. even if you sacrifice them yourself. Yeah. There's a value engine. Yeah, we mentioned uh, Tezzeret as well. So there's definitely a, an artifact theme that you can see between those two cards. Oh, yeah, this would go with the artifact Duretti or... Yeah, right, right. Yep, absolutely. And and there's stuff like Trading Post and even even simple stuff like uh, Chromatic Star. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, great card. Now, this is mm-hmm. a dual-colored card. It's blue and white. Yeah. Is that How does that fit into the cube? How uh, I, I mean, spoiler alert, we've got three... Um, Fixing, we got three dual lands or fixing lands. We, one's a one's a freaking expedition, actually. Um, but that's the art I put in there. There's plenty of fixing reference. in this pack, but we don't know if that's indicative of how the entire cube is. Is yeah. there a lot of fixing? No, it, there is a. So there's a higher number of fixing. There's a high number of artifact mana. Mm-hmm. So a lot of your games will start with a mana, uh, artifact mana. So we shouldn't hesitate to think about taking a two color card then at all. Oh, absolutely not. In fact, uh, a lot of your decks will be three and four and even five colors. Yes. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Josh is Five colors, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and to correspond, because, so the reason we did this, have, uh, gave you a lot of opportunity to play lots of colors. There's a ton of multicolored legends. Yeah, of course, most of them. Um, a, lot of, a lot of the cube is multicolored. Yeah. More than a normal set, and it has a very multicolored feel to it. That's so exciting, and I'm so glad that we get the fixing to be able to do it uh, justice as well. Oh, um, yeah, the, the fixing is really good. You can't avoid it for the whole draft and get it, but... <laughs> You're going to have to draft it at some point, guys. Exactly, but uh, <laughs> it's, there's plenty to go around. Very nice. Um, our next legendary creature is Kervik the Merciless, uh, and this guy's sweet. We, he was actually a choice at the Community Cup this year for one of the commanders you could have built around. Uh, five, mm-hmm. a red and a black for a 5-4 human shaman. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, Kervik the Merciless deals damage to target creature or player equal to that spell's converted mana cost. Holy moly. We well, were just talking about how this cube has high mana cost creatures exactly. and everything. Yeah. Another beatdown or uh, aggro type card mm-hmm. um, where... I mean, at a certain point, your opponent might not even be able to play any spells. Yeah. Well, also, if they just have to, like, kill spell them with something that costs a lot of mana, that... They'll just, they'll just take damage. A free burn, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it can, yeah, it could take out a bunch of other creatures, and, yeah, this card's uh, quite powerful. In this it does cost seven mana, though. I would be hesitant to take a seven drop as my pack one, pick one. True. I mean, if it was a new, a new gin, a Eugene, would you take it? I would, <laughs> I would definitely think about it. Uh, the next guy is slightly cheaper, six mana, four, <laughs> four, a red and a green. For uh, oh, sorry, it's Rurikthar, the Unbowed. Four, a red and a green for a six-six legendary ogre warrior has vigilance and reach. Rurikthar attacks each turn if able, so that's okay because it has vigilance. And whenever a player casts a non-creature spell, Rurikthar deals six damage to that player. Oh boy, it's kind of like Kervik, but. Well, Karavik's merciless, whereas Rurikthar has a little bit of mercy. Yeah, he'll let you cast he, he's unbowed. Yeah, he, yeah, he's not merciless by any means. He, he's like, oh, you cast a creature, I'll show you mercy. Right, which is funny because he's a giant ogre that looks like he just clobbles around all day. He's got two heads. It's like um, it's like Warcraft, not World of Warcraft, although they are in there. But you yeah, know, you remember the ogre that had two heads? Yep. We're ready, master. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this card's also a beating. 
Yeah, so this code is the bane of my existence. I like to draft <laughs> a lot of the instants and sorceries stuff. So, oh man, this, the instants and sorceries deck this just stops it dead, right? I mean, yeah, six you, damage per spell. Oh, that's moly. so much. Yeah. yeah so this, this guy is yeah really really good against that strategy. Very cool. Well, I like that we're already seeing that certain decks can counter other ones in really interesting ways, and it's creature based too, which is really exciting. Yeah, yeah pretty that's interesting. a lot of what we tried to do is. Put in some strategies and then put in counters to that strategy when we when we could. Yeah, right. absolutely. Um, another reason I love legendary creatures is because they are essentially walking enchantments in a lot of ways. They have just know? twelve abilities. You know, yeah, it's just awesome. yeah. yeah. There, there is, yeah. All of these cards just have. There's Isumar, but that's about it. You yeah, Rurthar <laughs> has vigilance, reach, attacks each turn of fable, and deals six. Like that's four things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, he does have two heads, so... <laughs> I'm in love with this next card. Two for each head. Oh, yeah. You want to read this next one? This next one only has one ability, though. But it's a good one. Yeah, it's uh, uh, pretty pertinent. All right, we have Captain Sisse, uh 2G dub for a 2-2 human soldier. And it's only ability... <laughs> only got one. It's, it's okay. Tap, search your <laughs> library for a legendary card, and put it into your hand. Uh, what is this cube called? Again? Legendary card, yeah. also, which is uh, there. There may be legendary lands. There may be legendary enchantments. other enchantments. Yep, we know there's Spoiler a legendary alert. enchantment. Spoiler alert! Yeah, yeah. it's uh, the legendary cube, guys. It, tutor, this... it just tutors, like it just tutors. Yeah. Oh. So this card is was a card that was had a lot of discussion about. Is this card too powerful? Right. It Will, seems like, like it's Galena like. Yeah, it's this is, but this is the positive one. Instead of stealing all your opponent's stuff, <laughs> this just goes crazy with your stuff. So it's more, it's more fun. Yeah, yeah. We felt it's definitely certainly more fun, and we felt it was like you can't really build a legendary cube without Captain Sisse. Like, yeah, that's such a letdown. Yeah, she is the leader of the Skyship Weatherlight. I mean, it, I mean, right now. If it wasn't for her, Hannah wouldn't be here either. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, right now, we're taking Sisse, right? I mean, we, we haven't read the whole pack, but... That is my top bet. Um, I may go for, like, an Erebrask, though, because I'm kind of crazy and I love red. You are Jimmy the Red. I, I think red. Hannah is my second pick. How about you, Adam? Uh, I would take Captain Sisse for sure out of the cards we've seen. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't take Captain Sisse, I would probably take Karavik. Ah, yeah. nice. Very merciless indeed. Yeah, Kervik's Kev really strong in this environment. You're not taking the bane of your existence, Rurik Thar? No. <laughs> well, he's not in that deck yet, so he doesn't That's have true, to hate yeah. draft. That's true. All right, well, yeah. we are not done with the pack, so we have... We are only uh, half done. Yeah, yeah so we, we have uh, three lands. Um, the Expedition Stomping Ground. Now, I just put the art in there. I don't know if it, the actual I, I highly the doubt the Expedition is Why not? Why can't it be too? the Expedition I mean, uh, art? Go big or go home, right? Yeah, okay, so it's Stomping Ground in the cube. It's not like... Uh, it's not like a normal pack, unfortunately, where you don't get to keep the stomping ground and dance around the room like a crazy person. <laughs> Never done that. Um, stomping ground is the uh, shock land. It's mountain forest. Yep. There's the end of this battlefield. You can pay two life. If you don't, it comes in tapped. So it gives you the option. 
Um, next up is one of the filter lands, Graven Cairns. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the black, red Rakdos land. You can either tap it to add one colorless to your mana pool, or you can tap a black or a red and tap it and add black, 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 red, or red, red to your mana pool. So any combination of the two. These are the lands you talked about on our uh, last yep. regular Command Zone episode. I'm not saying that this is any sort of indication that they'll be reprinted in the Commander 2015 product, but I hope so. Yeah, it'd be sweet. Uh, and the next land after that is Dreadship Reef. And this is from Commander 2012, I believe. Uh, you can tap it to add one to your mana pool, or you can tap one and tap the land to put a storage counter on Dreadship Reef. And then at any point, you can tap one colorless mana, remove, remove X storage counters from the land, and add X mana in any combination of blue and or black to your mana pool. So it's cool. It's a It's a land that... The storage fix, land. Yeah, storage land, but it also fixes you. And if you need to cast like a card that is three blue, you know, you're able to add enough counters on something like Dreadship Reef and get that off of there. Yeah, how do these storage lands play in the cube, uh, Adam? They're they're really strong. A lot of times you're kind of they help you just develop your mana, mm-hmm. which is really important. Uh, a lot of times whoever kind of develops er- better off in the early game and kind of can play all of their spells in a timely fashion. Right. Uh, it comes out ahead. So just all these uh, mana fixing lands, all three of these are in the cube as cycles. Okay. So, the, you know, the rest of them. So, yeah, the storage lands are really good. There's a lot of a lot of stuff where, like, you play 7, 8, 9, 15 mana cards. Holy moly. And, and you cast them. So there's one thing that's... One kind, one mostly restriction. It's almost a hard restriction, but we didn't give you any ways to cheat uh, creatures into play. Right. Uh, oh, good. So there's there... no Eurekas, no show and tells. Yeah. yeah, we put all the progenitus and Emrakul and all that stuff in, but we didn't. You got to cast them. That's awesome. So that makes the storage lands a lot better. And also, just as we mentioned before, it looks like the casting cost uh, of your average card is going to be higher than. Yeah. And so a storage land is going to be better in that environment too. It seems like certainly, yep, absolutely. All right, uh, we have three more cards. This or four next more card cards left was, geez, I think it might have been your number one artifact in uh, Commander. It is. Speaking uh, of fixing. Adam, do you want to read the next one? Yeah, it's a chromatic lantern. It's a three mana artifact from Return to Ravnica, and it taps for one mana of any color. So it's a just a three mana mana rock that for anything, but it also gives all your lands that ability too. So. Lands you control have tap, add one mana of any color. Pretty so good. never be color screwed. Yeah, you can play a five-color deck with Chromatic Lantern. Uh, so good. I love this card. It's ramp, and it also fixes every single land you ever play for the rest of the game. That's the thing. Yeah. It itself is ramp. Yeah. So it also gets you ahead on mana mm-hmm. for, for the turn. It's uh, I imagine it's very strong. It seems very strong. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it's the type of card you want to get a certain amount of in every <laughs> deck. Yeah, to make it function. Right. Next up, we have Champion's Helm. It's our first equipment we've seen. It's a three-drop artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two. And as long as equipped creature is legendary, it has hexproof. So for the sake of this cube, unless you're equipping it onto tokens, essentially anytime this equips onto a creature, it gives them plus two, plus two, and hexproof. And the equip cost is only one. So that seems very powerful. Yeah, this is another card. Like Once you have a cube dedicated to legendary creatures this space opens up so cards like champion's helm mm-hmm. and if you want to look up you know look at gather look at cards that reference legendary things they're good bet that they're in here yeah and normally you know you wouldn't necessarily play this in a normal commander deck even though you do have legendary creatures in there because it just doesn't get as good when you don't have multiple targets to equip it to that can benefit right, you, from the hex right you can't start moving it around and- yeah 
Yeah, but in this, every creature you have is going to be legendary. So yeah, every it's going to give draft. Them, I mean, I want to make my Captain Sisse hexproof. Uh, that sounds yeah, like a good idea. Yeah. Are there a lot of sweepers in the uh, in the cube? A lot of wrath effects? Oh, there, there are some. Absolutely. Uh, um, so it's it's not like hexproof. It makes it totally untouchable. <laughs> well, I mean, but are there a lot? Like, how good is hexproof? Uh, hexproof's pretty reasonable. Um, Don't hear that every day. We balanced. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we balanced the cube around the the creatures. So we picked the creatures first, mm-hmm. and then we picked you know some of the obvious stuff like the champion's helm that we just like. Yeah, this has to be in. Mm-hmm. And then for the rest of it, we kind of balanced it so that the creatures would shine. So there was Very there's nice. a version of the cube that just had all the best removal of all time. So it had your swords of flashers, your doom blades, and all your good, really good spot removal. But then, then that like, then oh, it becomes about the removal, not the creatures, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Like one of our first play tests was was won by a, a five color deck with two creatures, and one of them was Progenitus. <laughs> <laughs> Is cast progenitus and all those strong cards were not creatures. So we're like, whoa, this this is wrong. Right. We gotta we gotta change this so that the creatures are awesome. And so like cards like Champion Helm do that. Right. In a really fun way. And then we also just like there is some spot removal. There are some sweepers, but they're like maybe not the the top tier or like they have extra bonuses. Mm-hmm. Like if the creatures are more expensive, you want the man uh, the the other the non creatures to to kind of match that right right if you can just path to exile and they had to spend you know six mana on their creature yeah it's tough yeah. especially if the cube doesn't actually give you any one and two mana creatures yeah. because yeah Precisely, that make, makes yeah. total sense I, I don't want to play Caravic the merciless if there's you know swords to poshers right 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 because right, right. you just get blown out tempo wise mm-hmm. um, exactly the next card is legendary so Captain Sisse could find it. It is not a creature, though. Often it's, does. It's Honden <laughs> of Seeing Winds. It's four and a blue for a legendary enchantment uh, shrine. At the beginning of your upkeep, draw a card for each shrine you control. So you're always going to draw at least one extra card, and I'm assuming because they're legendary that uh, the shrine cycle is is present? Yes, all five are in. So you have a chance to nice. draft more shrines. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a lot of it is just like, hey, which you know, do you want to take one of them? And kind of move in, see if you find another one. Because mm-hmm. they're all pretty good. I mean, this one's fine. If you can find a window to cast this then and not die the next turn, then you, you're, you're going to win. Like, yeah, drawing two cards lot. to their one is just so tough. Not to mention if you decide to go in on this, I guess, quote-unquote, cycle a little bit, and there's other ones that benefit what your deck's trying to do, you could be drawing up to two cards extra a turn. I, that just sounds very well, good. And me. not only that, but this will double power your the other, other shrines. Uh, the yeah. other shrines, other correct. Shrines. Yeah, shrines care about shrines, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, very interesting. I like it a lot. All right, we have one more card in the pack. March of the Machines, three in the blue for an enchantment. Each non-creature artifact is an artifact creature with power and toughness, each equal to its converted mana cost. Interesting. This is one of the few ways to get a non-legendary creature. Uh huh. So March uh, of the Machines will turn uh, Champion's Helm, funnily enough, into a 3-3. <laughs> or right. a Chromatic Lantern. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if it's, it gives the a really good payoff to having a ton of artifacts and enchantments. Although it does turn artif- your, it turns your opponent's... It turns your opponent's artifacts into creatures also. Correct. Right. So. However, if they have, if they have a lot of uh, equipment, it turns all of those equipments nullified because they equipments that equipment that is a creature can't equip to other creatures. 
So it's not like you're a champion's helm that's a 3-3 can hop on the back of of, uh, Captain Sissy. It doesn't become like a bestow creature? (laughs) Dang it. So close. Okay, so to recap here, Captain Sissy we like, Karavek we like, Hannah we like, Urarask. Um, Are there any of the... Other cards, Chromatic Lantern. I would consider sh- Chromatic Lantern. The Shrine, maybe. Yeah, uh, I, I would actually take Champion's Helm over the 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 Shrine. Yeah, but I mean, I think we can all agree that Captain Sisse is the clear pick. It's the best tutor you could ever make for in this in this whole cube, right? It, it, that's it. I have real trouble even thinking of a card period that I would want over Captain Sisse in a legendary cube. <laughs> Yeah, Captain Sissé might be one of the best cards in the entire entire Look at that, cube. and we got to spoil it here on the show. I feel honored. Yeah, yeah nobody's ever heard of Captain Sissé before. Well, you know, and in we the cube. No, all, right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're all agreed then. I think we, we're all taking Captain Sissé first. Mm-hmm. But after that, it gets take. interesting because I'd take Hannah. Adam would mm-hmm. take Karavek. I would take Urbrask. Although Karavek definitely does have a. Yeah, I might consider taking Chromatic Lantern. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just because it leaves you open. one of the yeah the five color, you know craziness decks. Oh, I should have said that because yeah, I Josh. love five. Um, no, it's too late now. He took it. Yeah, Josh, you're off brand, man. You got to figure it. <laughs> you stayed with yours. You're Jimmy the Red. And yeah, because yeah, yeah, I have man. a brand to uphold. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So okay, very cool though. Uh, so let's take a look at this pack sort of in a larger. Um, Larger viewpoint. Let's see what we can visualize about the pack and what it says about the cube. So we've already mentioned a little bit of this. Obviously, fixing is a big part of the cube. Playing a lot of your cards on time and not sitting there with them wasting away in your hand is going to be very important, both for your happiness and also how well your deck does. So we can see that out of the 15 cards in this first pack, four of them have fixing. So I think that's important to note that you're not going to probably take it first or second pick, but it's something that you could consider taking third, fourth Mm -hmm. from that point on. There is only one ramp card, which is Chromatic Lantern. Uh, and again, we've only seen one pack. Adam, is there a lot of ramp in the cube, too? Or Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, is there the Kodama's Reach type stuff? Yep. Okay. Uh, the, yeah, no, there's Signets and Talismans and, you know, just a bunch of other, you know, one-offs. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like Kodama's Reach. Yeah, very, uh, very good card, obviously. So you cannot cheat out creatures, but there are ways to accelerate your mana so that you get the Absol- creatures yeah, early. Absolutely. Yeah, That makes sense. Um. We don't see any three color cards present, although I'm assuming that the three oh, color they're there. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, there are lots of three color cards. I believe there are thirty. Yeah, it would be very cards. hard to bake a legendary cube without three color cards. Yeah, uh, we just for some reason got all allied pairs, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Are um, there any of the three color like commanders that reference like the command zone or anything like that? Like, no. Uh, so, I'm assuming we'd have to stay away from like Aloro yeah. and Derevi and those types. Yeah, something like Aloro just doesn't really do its thing mm-hmm. in an environment like this. So a lot of a lot of what makes Aloro cool and powerful is that it kind of just hangs out in your command zone. Right. Well, in this, it's not going to hang out in your command zone. It's only going to do its thing when you cast it. So right. it's just like not the same. Not the same card. Not. It's kind of a watered-down version if we were to include a card like Alora. So we decided not to use any of the like command zone-related cards. Yeah, that, right. makes, that makes sense because none of the cards are going to go to the command zone. It doesn't zone. really exist in the one What about something like, like Prosh, um, which is sort of related to the command zone, but it would still do something even if it wasn't? I'm just out of curiosity. I think Prosh was in and out. Uh-huh. Um, 
I believe it's not in the final uh, cube. Just like we wanted to kind of, we talked about it. That's the type of stuff we do on a, you know, every meeting. We uh-huh. talk about design decisions or development decisions. There's like, hey, do we want to encourage this, you know, these types of cards where, okay, they're not, they're not their full power. They're not, right. they're not played as intended, but they still have an effect. Uh-huh. And so I believe we decided to not include any of them. I know, sort of keep it clean. Yeah, I understand. Right, that. and use cards where you got to use the full effect. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, you want to feel legendary when you're casting these things. Obviously. Exactly. Um, now the power level is super high. How important is removal going to be in the, in the set? Now we didn't see any in our booster pack, so we're not. We have no <clears throat> idea how much of it there is. Oh uh, yeah, like I said earlier, uh, there's not a lot of the like top tier. Swords uh, of Plowshares, Swords of Plowshares type stuff. Like what type of what type of removal are we, are we looking at when you say that? Are we looking at um, I don't know, utter end type stuff, or is it like yeah, utter, utter end is a good example. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, a lot of stuff that is more expensive and kind of gives you bonuses mm-hmm. right. for uh, doing stuff either with like an extra mode or extra you know kicker type type bonus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are um, things like the charms? The, those are all considered. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Some some are in and some are not. Oh, so it's not like full cycles of charms necessarily. Correct. Oh, yeah, cool. it'd be tough to fit all of them in. I'd also assume, and I guess some of them don't. Maybe don't have full support in an archetype or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some some of them just don't have a lot of uh, great use. Mm-hmm. So a lot of a lot of the uh, efficient removal only kills small stuff. That was one thing we tried to do where you can't use your two mana card to kill a seven mana card very easily. Mm-hmm. So you have to use your... I mean, removal is important because these cards are really, really powerful. Right, mm-hmm. but you wanted to make sure that it wasn't just a temple blowout anytime someone used a cheap removal spell against a very right. powerful creature. If you talk about a, a normal cube, a lot of these cards don't make the cut in when you just put the power to the max. Right, right. Instead, we we decided to go for it because the Legends, the legendary theme kind of is like, hey, let's do a little low power where you have time to assemble your cool combinations. Mm-hmm. You know what this sounds like? It sounds like Rise of the Eldrazi, which is like my favorite draft format ever. Oh, well, yeah, definitely. that being said, Rise of the Eldrazi had a lot of power right. yeah. in it as well. But it was also purposely sort of slowed down. Like, they, they were worried about the same thing, right? Which was, like, we don't want it to be like you finally cast your eight-mana spell and there's just a million ways to deal with it for two mana. Right. Yeah, that's the other thing. Is like, so Rise of the Eldrazi draft did have, like, yeah, we do want to slow down the game. We do want the big stuff to matter. Yeah. I mean, the it, cheapest black removal spell punished you for getting rid of something big because you lost a lot of life if you did it. Yeah, true. Yeah, so, yeah, Vendetta's a really good example of the type of card we were looking for. I'm not sure if we included actual Vendetta. Right, right. But, but like yeah, you want to you want to find that balance so that removal just doesn't feel overpowered. Right. I, li- I like that. I tend to like, you know, and, and the sort of newer formats, um, B- Battle for Zendigar is mm-hmm. like that, um, where it's a little bit slowed down and you have time to do stuff and do cool stuff. Of yeah, course you I get, like that. You I'm get a to play with your, yeah, exactly. You, get a re- you feel like you get to play with your, your cards more. Very yeah, exciting. And, and on the flip side of that, you don't want to feel helpless mm-hmm. when your opponent casts something really powerful. It's like, oh wow, I just didn't see any way to kill that in my whole draft. Right. What am I? You know, what am I going to do? How am I going to interact with that one? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because as you saw in our booster, there, there's a lot of really powerful stuff. Like if your opponent caps a captain's this day, you're not just dead on the spot. Right. Right. 
Yeah, you need some way to be able to be like, okay, kill Captain Sisse. <laughs> and by the way, if anybody casts Captain Sisse against you, kill it immediately. Yeah, it yeah, seems like sure. a high priority target there. <laughs> One activation is maybe enough. Yeah. Unless you want to see every good, powerful legend in their deck. Yeah, come out over the course of the game. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Well, you know how in a lot of games people are like, I just need to draw this one card. The, well, if you have Captain Sisse, you get to draw that card every turn. Yeah, you get to choose that. You're like, hmm, what do I want this time? Hmm. <laughs> Plus my draw step. I still yeah. get it. <laughs> um, exactly. All right, so let's pretend that the cube draft is over. And when that happens, you might win a prize pack. Oh, yeah. So, so. The, the prize packs are interesting. Again, this comes out of uh, a lot of the good work done by digital R&D, mm-hmm. uh, where we kind of think of trying to come up with new ways to bring like the content, we have awesome content in the Magic the Gathering, and we try and bring it to online in the best way possible. And what we wanted to do with this cube is give you something that didn't just feed into itself, kind of like built your collection. Mm-hmm. Well, it, make, it makes total sense, too, because if this is opening up to a different market than cube normally is, and also a different market than maybe even Magic Online normally is, then the best way to get somebody who's tried something out to keep doing it is not necessarily give them player points, you know, to to let them sort of it's almost like experience points or something in a role playing game where it's like, yeah, you get a, you get some cards, you add it to your collection, you can start, you know, branching out into playing commander like Jimmy's going to do online. Yeah. Yeah. So if you draft Battle for Zendikar online, you'll get some cards just by, uh, you know, you get the cards that you open and you'll get booster packs if you win from battle for zedekar so right. drafting kind of helps build your collection over time that's that's how i be- would build my collection i draft a ton yeah same here i just trade them all in but <laughs> and with cubes you can't actually do that you can't actually give you the cards otherwise you know all yeah. sorts of all sorts of things go wrong yeah so it would do, cause massive unbalance in the world exactly so what we decided to do was give you a subset of not a subset of the cube, but a different a set of cards. Yeah, 149 we, total. Yeah, there are 149 of them. Uh, they come across all the commander products. So the the sets that we drew these 149 cards from were all the commander products. So com- either original commander, commander 13, 14, now 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, the commander's arsenal. So Ooh, all those cards exciting. are in here with the commander's arsenal art. Oh what? my goodness, Sylvan Library, yeah. everybody. So, and then Jimmy's eyes just lit up like a Christmas yeah. tree. <laughs> the Conspiracy and uh, one more Play Chase. Play Chase Ooh, 2. Very cool. Yeah. Cards. So, this is prize packs for Commander, basically. Yes. Yeah. So, this card was basically to help boost Commander online. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll get a lot of cards that. We picked cards that are heavily played in Commander whenever possible. And we should say that the prize packs are six cards total. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So <laughs> it was really interesting uh, looking at these. So we're just like, okay, so we'll have a, you know, we looked at like, oh, let's just do a normal normal booster. It'll have 15 cards and you'll have a whole bunch of commons. And then we looked at it and just like, hmm, there are no commons in Commander products. Right. And, yeah. and and Commander players don't play a lot of commons. There are very few that we use. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, we have access to like all, basically the same card pool that, that Vintage does almost. And there's no reason to use a lot of the commons. I mean, there's a few. Yeah. There are some, but there aren't enough of them to fill a whole booster. So we decided, okay, let's get rid of common rarity. 
Now we'll just have uncommon, rare, mythic. And then once we added, we kind of put commons and uncommons together. So you just see some commons that are rarity shifted up to uncommon. Gotcha. Uh, so there's going to be one rare and then five uncommons, and some of those might be commons once in a while. Right. Mm-hmm. They'll all be of the same rarity, but some of them might have originally been commons. Gotcha. Excellent. Well, let's crack open our, uh, our, our I guess, our, our real... Okay, well, can I, let me ask one more Price question pack. really quick, I'm Adam, because I'm not sure if it's... Oh, you're cracking I'm already. Cracked. So if I understand you right, not necessarily all the cards in the prize packs will be in the queue. Yes, it's a different selection. Yeah. It's a different selection. Uh, one thing to really notice that all of the cards in Commander 15, that's how you get them. You get them, they're all in these prize packs. Right, okay. So all 55 of the new cards are available yeah, in the I prize believe pack? They're, yeah, because you're going to need to get them somehow when you build your commander deck, Jimmy. Hey, you know, if you're getting six unco- or five uncommons per pack, you're gonna you're probably going to collect these pretty fast because there's only 150 cards in the the set that you can win here. So that's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. That's true. All right, so uh, let's crack it open. We've got five uncommons. We'll read those first, and then we'll go on to our rare. Our first uncommon is Vow of Duty. It's a two in white for an enchantment aura. You enchant a creature, and it gets plus two, plus two, has vigilance, and can't attack you or a planeswalker you control. So this is what I like to call the anti-Voltron card. You stick it on someone else's commander, and they can no longer swing at you with it, but it becomes huge and has vigilance and will end the game more quickly for everyone else while you kind of can find your answer to that card when it comes time. Or just ignore it forever because it can never attack you. Correct. Yeah, it's one of those cards that kind of make, in Commander, you stick it on somebody else's guy, and that card will still, that card will even be stronger but I'll have to go get somebody else. I can't get, kill you. Yeah, yeah, this was from Conspiracy, uh, so we've seen a little bit there. Oh, the next card is Deceiver Exarch. Yeah, this is modern playable. It's a two and a blue for a 1-4 Cleric with Flash. When Deceiver Exarch enters the battlefield, you can choose one, untap target permanent you control, or tap target permanent an opponent controls. You almost always untap your creature that either has Splinter Twin on it or is mm-hmm. Kiki-Jiki. Oh, yeah, and uh, if you don't have that value, you, uh, because it's targeted permanent and not a non-land permanent, you can do lands, which is actually really helpful. Yeah, or Gilded Lotus or something cool oh, like that. Oh, yeah, seriously. So that's a very good card. So a lot of another thing we did to the prize packs is we put a decent amount of cards that if you're interested in the competitive formats on Magic Online, Modern, uh, Legacy, and Vintage, there are cards for you. So Ooh, if you're cool. not a Commander player... There are cards in these prize packs that you will want to own. Yeah, this is a good crossover card that's useful in many formats. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, just um, very powerful. Yeah, particularly modern. But it, yeah, it's it's definitely its use in modern is a big reason why we put Deceiver X Arc in these in the prize packs. Sweet. You want to read the next one, Adam? Yeah. So then we have let's say uh, we have Harmonize, just a simple time shifted concentrate. It's two GG sorcery. Draw three cards. Hey, it's Green's Ancestral Recall. <laughs> it's very good. Yeah, it's great. Because it's just not an effect Green really can replicate mm-hmm. that easily. And so, especially Mono Green almost always wants a card like this. Yeah, I would definitely play this in most of my Mono Green decks. I know a lot of people that played in decks that are like, that don't have that much card draw, otherwise like Green White, you know? Yep. It's a great way to sort mm-hmm. of get just a little extra value in there for a card. It's a three for one. The next card is a land. It's Crumbling, crumbling Necropolis. It's one of the tri-lands. It taps for Grixis, and it comes into play tapped. So that's blue, black, and red. Yeah, that's my land right there. Those are Marchesa colors, my favorite. Nice. 
I love Trilands. Yeah, I love too. all lands. Yeah, how can you not? They they make the game possible. Well, in a, in a five color deck, you can play all ten Trilands. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very true. Uh, and our final uncommon, uh, you guys will know this one: Swiftfoot Boots, two drop artifact equipment. Equipped creature has hexproof and haste, and it equips for one. So cheap. Uh, any Voltron deck needs that card. Yeah, totally. All right, we got to our rare in the pack, and we were talking about Plane Chase earlier, and our card, I believe, comes from it. Yep. Shardless Agent. Oh, so good. Yeah, this card has also just hasn't been reprinted that often. Uh, I don't think ever, maybe. Since maybe. Plane Chase 2. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a great card, though. It's one green-blue for a 2-2 with Cascade. And it's also an artifact creature, so that doesn't matter for some decks. Um, cascading is just, what a crazy mechanic. Uh, if you guys have uh, Maelstrom Wanderer decks, you know what Cascade is. It's when you cast the spell, you exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a non-land card that costs less. So in this case, two CMC or below. And then you can play it, you can play it without, ca- without paying its mana cost. Yeah, this is a card, again, I was talking about cards that would su- uh, support uh, the competitive formats on right. Magic Online. So this is a, a prominent legacy card. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And it's very good in Commander because you can actually build your Commander deck so this hits like a single specific card. Yeah. Because Commander decks, you can build with only one two drop in the whole deck. Right. And so you can just make sure that every time you play Shardless Agent, you get that two drop. Yeah, that's pretty sweet, by the way. It's like, hey, I, I have to have Swiftfoot Boots in this deck. And it's like, guess what? Mm-hmm. You're you're not running, and you're running some one drop artifacts like Soul Ring, but right. it's like, great. Well, if this finds a Soul Ring, then this would be a yeah, sweet it's... card. Or if there's just a card that happens to combo really well with your general, let's say, mm-hmm. so you know you're always going to want it, you can just, you can really do interesting things with Cascade mm-hmm. in general, but especially Shardless Agent because it sits at that specific point yeah. uh, on the mana curve. Yeah, I would just put this in a commander deck and only put Soul Ring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, right, and there you go, boom. <laughs> and you got two Soul Rings. Yeah, three mana Soul yeah. Ring. Uh, that's pretty I, good. Yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll, it. I'll, and a two-two at, while you're at it, you know. All right, well, let's do a quick wrap-up. The Legendary Cube, uh, we'll give all the information at the end of the show as well, but it's going to be running from November 18th to December 9th. There's going to be an article with all the details on the Cube. It was released on November 2nd, so we're going to give you guys all the links for that so you can check it out. Uh, and, uh, you know... I was intimidated by Magic Online for a while because I, I was like, I'm not going to play Commander on it. I, you know, I'm afraid of misclicking and stuff. And it honestly just took me uh, something like this, a cool format to draft to get me into it for Magic Online. It was cons of Tarkir for me last year. So I'm really excited. I think this is a great chance for a lot of people to get introduced to Magic Online and hopefully also Commander on Magic uh, Online because we get asked about that all the time on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think Commander players will have, you know, some... They'll have a leg up on some people that maybe play, like, the spikier, more competitive formats because, like Adam was saying, we know a lot of these cards already. Like, Urrask or something is not a card that sees competitive play, but we know that card because you see it all the time in Commander. So you know what other cards might work well with it, and there's a good chance a lot of those are in the cube. So it's a good time to jump in if you've never tried magic online because I it's going to we'll be more leg up too for sure yeah we yeah. definitely have a little bit of an edge there i think there's a lot to be had like if if you come from either a commander background or cube background i think you'll have skills that really translate yeah totally uh, into this like i used uh robert schuster as my commander muse so to speak. <laughs> was he dressed uh, as a pirate the whole time? Say yes. He, he was not. Ah, <laughs> so close. It just spoiled it for you. <laughs> but I think we got to a point where, you know, both of us were like, yes, I get this cube. I, I know what's, you know, I know yeah. what's going on. I can use my skills that I, you know, learned in a previous magic experience to translate over into this. And, and it's something different. It's like, 
there's so many cards in the legendary cube that have never cast before. Ooh. Like, right, because as yeah, if right. you don't play usually, a ton of commander, if I don't play a ton of commander, and it, a lot of these cards kind of fit into the you know. Before working on this thing, I never cast the captain to say. <gasps> well, welcome to a new world of yeah, a ton of fun. Right? <laughs> a whole new world. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I, yeah, I probably got the top end of Captain Sisse's uh, power level. <laughs> oh, nice, ca- yeah, Captain most Sisse certainly. So Especially because you can play five-color Captain Sisse easily. Yep. Very, very cool. Well, All right. I am super excited to try it out. Me too. But in the meantime, I'm more excited for what's about to happen. That's right. We're wrapping up our legacy, or our, not legacy, sorry, our legendary cube talk because it's time. It's time. To talk about our Commander 2015 spoiler. Woohoo! What, what? Very exciting. All right. But before we get to our spoiler, we have a sponsor for today's show, and that is Loot Crate. We've talked about these guys before. We're friends with the creators of the company. They helped out with Video Game High School in the past, as well as my own personal fundraiser for Band-Aid last year. These guys are great. It's less than $20 a month for a subscription box service. You get $40 plus worth of geek, gamer, pop culture gear, collectible stuff, apparel, comics, etc., and it's delivered straight to your mailbox every single month. And of course, every single month, the Loot Crate is themed, and this month, the theme is combat. So you've got some cool stuff from Blizzard, Fallout 4, Capcom, The Hunger Games, etc. Really just talking about Loot Crate doesn't do it justice. You guys have to go to lootcrate.com slash command and you can actually see really great pictures of what's inside a typical box and really if you just look at it for half a second you'll realize that there is a lot of value in here. It's really great if you're into collecting this kind of stuff or if you want to re-gift the items to your friends because you know they'll like it. So if you guys go to lootcrate.com slash command you can sign up through the command zone and you have until 9pm Pacific Standard Time on November 19th to sign up through us and you can save 3 bucks on your new subscription description today all right let's get back to the spoiler our commander 2015 spoiler uh courtesy of uh, the mothership i see you going to do the drum roll and then stopping yourself is it because like, it'll uh, make them no i'm still yeah. doing it that's a mouth roll but this, this, uh, man we need real drums or something <laughs> that just sounds bad. hey terry can you put in a drum roll yeah and the commander is uh not the commander you the commander can, turned into a game show host i know and here Come we go down four. i know okay sorry everybody we're gonna read it go to okay me. the card is called right of the raging storm and it's red so it's, i'm very what's happy. to the left of the raging storm uh need more storm <laughs> I guess it's R I T E yeah, of the Raging Storm. It's the player to the left of right of the Raging Storm. Uh, it is not the left of the Raging Storm. <laughs> it's three red, red for an enchantment. Creatures named Lightning Rager can't attack you or planeswalkers you control. So we actually saw this uh, in a uh, Vow of Duty, has a very similar effect. Yeah, there are no cards named Lightning Rager, though. Yeah, it's interesting. However, but there will be. Yeah. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player puts a 5-1 red elemental creature token named Lightning Rager onto the battlefield. Uh-huh. It has Trample, Haste, and, at the beginning of the end step, Sacrifice this creature. So everybody gets, like, a, basically a ball lightning every turn? Yeah, that just flies at some But it can't attack you. Or Planeswalkers you control. So they have to attack each other with them. Yes. This right, seems... Again, this is, like, the, the souped-up version of the Vow that we had in our prize booster. Yeah, yeah. Giving everyone this little lightning rager guy that's going, ah, I gotta swing. <laughs> well, he doesn't have to swing, but he really, really wants to, and he's not going to go after his maker. They should have made it so he has to swing to his right because <laughs> it's the right of the raging storm. Yeah, unless, unless that. I don't, I don't think we, uh, we have that language. Yeah, uh, I think that's an unset, unset lingo yeah. we got going there. 
Um, this card's really interesting, and when you start thinking about it more, there's ways to take advantage of, of a lot of the stuff that it's doing, right? So yeah. it's making a creature for everybody, including yourself, every turn that they have to sacrifice. It doesn't actually say exile it at the end of turn. Yeah, a lot of these effects usually say exile the creature at the end of your turn. Uh, it's really interesting because... You know, I, I, my, my brain immediately jumped to the worst case scenario, which is like, well, everyone's going to get these five ones, and then they're all going to look at each other and be like, well, I don't want to swing at you because you're scary, so I'm just going to hold them back. Right. Uh, in which case, it's like, oh, this card isn't as good as I thought. However, there are some really interesting cards that interact well with this. Um, the first is a commander called card, uh, a card called Assault Suit. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is an equipment that the, uh, the text says, equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, has haste, can't attack you or a planeswalker you can control, and can't be sacrificed. So you put it on yours, and then now everybody's going to have two of these every turn, and they have to attack, right? Yeah, well, I mean, the Assault Suit uh, says, uh, the other part of it is at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, you may have play- that player oh, yeah, gain sorry. control of equipped creature until end of turn. And if you do, untap it. So you're, you can essentially pass around a unsacrificable 5-1 uh, with Assault Suit, which is interesting because the, the Well, text... it'll actually be a 7-3. Uh, yeah, right. it's even bigger. Um, so you can, the... yeah, pass these around the table and they can't just... Yeah, you, and more importantly, they just can't be sacrificed. Yeah, it's really that's interesting. The, that's the real, the real key. Yeah, I like this car, Assault Suit a lot because it kind of uh, motions toward a deck that I don't think a lot of people play, but I think is really effective, which is let them fight it out kind of thing or like have the incidental damage of other things take people down. It's like down. the instigator deck, right? It's like yeah. you make them fight each other while you sort of set mm-hmm. aside. Uh Zergo plays this card a lot. Yeah. Um it's a very it's a it's a common card in the Zergo decks. Um and our, this enchantment is red so it could go into a Zergo deck that yeah. already has a salt suit. So it could be a good inclusion there. Certainly. See this card makes me think of Dictate of the Twin Gods, Furnace of Wrath. Oh yeah. Gisela, all these cards that basically say like these five ones, they're doing ten damage instead of five now, and they have trample and haste. I think trample is the most important part of these lightning raiders because they could just run into a bigger creature like a six six, and they're just like whatever. But the fact that they can trample over makes it a lot harder if you, especially if you're out there to instigate war on the world and make everything do double the damage, then giving everyone a ten one on a stick is really powerful. Every turn, yeah, seems pretty good. Yeah, it's, oh, I mean. This plays up into kind of historically red is easily the worst color in commander. Yeah, this doesn't really have an identity. So a lot of what we're trying to do is make red cards that like feel red, but also work in a multiplayer thing. So like, what this card does is it kind of just makes stuff happen. Yeah, I like it, that. It gets the party going. <laughs> exactly. So you you know red is often you know hey let's let's get this game over with like i'm dealing i'm gonna throw a bunch of my burn spells at your face right you better kill me before i you know red is not for self-preservation right (laughs) red doesn't think that far ahead which is really bad in a multiplayer game where the name of the game is often self-preservation yeah lasting through to the end of the game sort of stuff yeah so this card kind of helps other players kill each other yeah and i like that a lot because i think it is something that uh, playgroups do sort of shy away from, which is like, uh, you know, I just kind of want to sit back and I don't want other people to hurt me, so I'm not going to upset them. And it kind of ends up in long, grindy games. And I love cards like this because it really does force people's hands. And it also is a really interesting uh, political thing because 
you know, even though your opponent's the one getting the creature, it's not like you don't have any input on where that creature is going to swing uh, when the person goes to combat with it. You know, you can really sort of push people's uh, agendas left and right a little bit if you're playing the table correctly, which is great. I think, you know, to your point that you talked about earlier, which was the fear is that nothing's forcing them to attack with it. So players could just get the five one and then just uh, let refu- it chill and just, yeah, refuse yeah. to attack. So I might combine this with red does have a lot of effects that just cause creatures to have to attack oh, every the, turn. The yeah. diplomats. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Goblin diplomats are one of them. There's a, there's a lot of effects in red that do that. And that might be a good way to sort of cause them to have to use them. And the great thing about a card like this is like, let's say Jimmy plays it. And then on my turn, I get a five one. And then there's two other players I can attack. And if I'm forced to attack one of them, it's not like that player goes, oh, I forgive you, dude. He says, no, why didn't you attack the other guy? Yeah, You had a choice between the two of us. You chose to attack me. Now he's mad at him. And it just did exactly what Jimmy wanted it to, which it made me and that other guy fight, even though it should be like, hey, but Jimmy made me do that. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because I did have a choice between the two other players. Then one of them can get legitimately mad that <laughs> yeah, I attacked them. It shifts the burden of blame completely on the person that has to swing it, which is great. Yeah. Because uh, when it comes around to your turn, you can be like, I'm not swinging with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I won't use the Goblin Diplomats on myself. Yeah. Um, I also love cards uh, because, again, you're sacrificing it at the end of turn, so it does die. Blood Artist, I think, is a really good card uh, if you're playing that kind of deck. Again, sort of like the Perforos Blood Artist. Sort of Blood Artist is great because it's Blood just Artist, four... Yeah damage to everybody yeah. every round of the table every round of the table life. yeah which is really interesting because you know blood artist is just good by itself but now that you know that for certain certain cards are going to be dying and you're sort of building decks to to take advantage of this i think you're in a really good position oh man death reap ritual yeah death reap ritual morbid triggers right so anytime uh, a creature uh if it died this turn you may draw a card or that's what death reap ritual says that's insane right Four cards off of this. Yeah, at the beginning of each end step, if a creature died this turn, you may draw a card. So you can't draw draw more than one, but this means you'll draw one every single turn because every single turn their lightning rager will will die, yep. and then it'll go to Jimmy's turn, and his will die, and then and every turn I'm drawing a card. That's awesome. Yep, which is really exciting. Um, I got defeated by this guy hardcore last night when we were playing Commander. Crush the Blood Braided. Was it Craig? Yeah, it was Craig. He has a good um, crush tech. Whenever another creature dies, you may put X plus one plus one counters on crush where X is that creature's power. Oh. So one rotation of the table. It's 20. Boom. Yeah, crush, crush will get real large. Yeah, he's uh, he's jacked enough as it is. He's just going to get even buffer. Yeah, uh, last night, good. actually, I should mention it. Uh, Craig was playing against a uh, an Omnath deck, Locust of Rage. Mm-hmm. And oh, the had, new Omnath. Yeah, had a bunch of 5-5s five out. And then Craig played Archfiend of Depravity. And made everyone sacrifice down to two every turn. And, oh. you know, the Omnath thing was Crush still... was out? Yeah. Oh. Crush became like a 66-60. What, yeah, it was something absurd. Yeah. And then he had an artifact that gave it flying trample haste. So it was game over <laughs> for everyone. Seems good. Real good. Seems pretty good. Yeah, I think uh, one of the cards that... The first one I thought of when I saw this card was uh, Greater Good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because then, just... then you can just sack it and draw cards. Yep. Yeah, uh, Greater Good is a green enchantment where you sacrifice a creature and draw cards equal to its power and then discard three cards, is that right? Yep, so you draw five and discard three on That your seems card. pretty great. Yeah, it seems yeah. really great. Um, of another- course, the nightmare scenario is if somebody else gets out like Dictate of Erebos or Grave Pact, yeah. but if you have either one of those, then yeah, it's you great. Yeah, you could have those yourself. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, 
my final card that I think is the one that people will hate me the most for is Burning Sands. Whenever a creature is put into a graveyard from play, that creature's controller sacrifices a land. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it just, but it'll hurt you, too. I mean, so what? <laughs> you just want to watch the world burn, Yeah, Jimmy. you know, I mean, like, <laughs> this, I mean, look, if you have other things that, that are giving people creatures or forcing things to die, I mean, you're obviously building a deck around this so that you may suffer some of the results of the, the harm of Burning Sands, but really, you're trying to inflict pain on other people. You see yeah, what if, I'm dealing with here, Adam? You see what yeah, I'm dealing if with? If you wanted... Nobody to play with you ever again. You can just play Armageddon's. <laughs> <laughs> but Burning Sands, it takes steps. It takes effort, you know? <laughs> it's more. It's got more style points. Yeah. It'll force the Rune player to blanket his Lightning Ranger instead, instead of it dying or whatever. <laughs> All right, so we can't go through every card that would interact in an interesting way with uh, Left of the Raging Storm, but we would like to hear from everybody out there. If you want to tweet at us, email us, uh, is there another way to get a hold of us? Comment on the YouTube page or the Rocket Jump page yeah. about what cool combinations, synergies, interesting interactions you see with this card. We would love to hear about it. Yeah, and we'll retweet them. We'll post them around, and we'll have a discussion. There are, and we'll put them into our decks, yeah. too. Yeah. I'll give you guys a starting point. We did not talk entirely about cards that care about creatures specifically being sacrificed, and there's a couple of cards out there, mm. uh, new and old, that are really good. Oh, the new Smothering Abomination I see you've got written down there. That seems pretty good. Yeah. Well, that's a hint. That's one of them. All right. Spoiler alert. Yeah, super spoiler (laughs) alert, right? Uh, Adam, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate having you on. Thanks for having me. And we're really excited to play your legendary cube. Yeah. Every single detail that you guys need to know or link to find out more about the cube, how to get involved, and how to play it is going to be in the show notes or the more info box below our YouTube video. Uh, As a reminder, it runs from November 18th to December 9th. You may see me or Josh on there. Uh, My account. Yeah, and Adam. Uh, My account name is Jimmy underscore CMDZ. Mine is Josh underscore CMDZ. And mine is uh, Watsy underscore Adam P. Ooh, how fancy. You get Watson. If I am in a game and I'm like, I see Adam's handle, I'm going to be shaking in my boots. This is the guy that designed the. Oh, man. Yeah. I'll be like, uh, you'll I'll be, be shaking nervous. in your swift foot boots. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be trying to do something totally off the wall and ridiculous that may or may not work. Right. Yeah. How many times have you drafted it in, uh, in any iteration, I guess, of the, the current cube? We probably did about, you know, six or seven playtests that I took part in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I be- I wouldn't recognize... It's changed a lot since it's then. It's changed so much from the first iteration. The first Ooh, iteration is a total guess. Very cool. Have I mentioned on. that your job is really cool? <laughs> you, you have, and oh, okay. I All agree. Right. <laughs> Very nice. Um, well, all- yeah, a lot of time, one really interesting thing about my job is that I still love playing Magic once the sets are released. Yeah. Because... In my during in my job, I cards change so often that I barely recognize. You know, I've played the set that is released so little uh-huh. because if the set, if we're happy with everything in the set, we're just done. Right, right. Our job's done, so we keep we keep working and iterating on things, and so that I, you know, I still play F and M's whenever I can. I still love playing standard. I log into Magic Online on the regular and play all the stuff that I worked on, and it's still a new experience for me it is really cool to talk to watsi employees um and, and they'll tell you stories about well this card used to be this and it's pretty interesting <laughs> yeah it's pretty yeah. interesting to see and a lot of times you're like it used to what that's insanity and they're like yeah we know that's why it's not doing that anymore <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> there's all all sorts of stuff like that you know yeah to tell you about empress galena just like oh that was 
Just, yeah. So if you do see Adam across from you on an MTGO, make sure to ask him for a cool story. Yeah. <laughs> Requisite I, have to give you I'll one. I'll be I'll be happy to share one. <laughs> <laughs> so the full cube list is going to be available on the 9th, which should be four days from the release of this podcast. Adam, you're also writing an article about the design. I'm yep, looking forward to reading it, that. It'll be up on the 9th, and it'll just go about all the trials and tribulations that went into making the, the legendary, legendary cube. cube. Very cool. Um, also, you're going to be interviewed by Megan and Maria for Magic the Amateuring. Uh, they are friends of the podcast, uh, and we'll be sure to link that episode if it's out by the time. Uh, yeah, this Magic the well. Amateuring. Woo. Yep, it, it is out. Um, Excellent. It we'll is. Sure it it is out in the future, but which will be for the past when you're listening to this. It's complicated. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now it's time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. We gave you only ill warning about this, Adam, but do you have yeah. something cool? I've been in the Seattle area for just over two years, uh-huh. and uh, last weekend was the first time I went to uh, Pike Place Market. Ah, oh, very nice. Did you catch and a fish? No, we, we just hung out like in the farmer's market area. You don't, we didn't actually go fishing or anything like that, but there's just like a whole bunch of cool stuff in downtown <laughs> Seattle, and it was a lot of fun, and I want to go downtown more often. Yeah. Usually I haven't gone to downtown Seattle very often because the traffic is just horrible. Right. But I took the light rail for the first time and it was very clean and very easy. Me and my girlfriend and her daughter had a total blast and Pike Place. Pike Place is great. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know if you know, but Jimmy's Seattle. from Seattle. Yeah, yeah and it oh, was nice. it was one of those things though because I I never gone to the Space Needle. I never gone to EMP. You know, really? well, I mean, like we went at once. Jimmy school. Hendrix Museum yeah. down there. Well, yeah, the Experience Music Project. Yeah. Please, sorry, it's sorry. a project, not a museum. Uh, it's a museum, everybody. But like Pike Place was just one of those places I didn't make it to because you grew up in the city. You know, you hear about it all the time. You see it uh, every time they have a uh, Seahawks game. You see them throwing the fish in the, at Pike Place. You know. Yeah. So and when I finally did go there, there's all these. It was amazing. It was so much fun. There's all these cool little people that uh, uh, they they sell like little stands, like their crafts and whatever else. Like they they bottle honey or whatever. You know, it's just like a lot of really cool artisan stuff. You can I get bought there. the bottled honey there before. It's actually very good. I grew up in Portland, which is very close. The yeah. very first Starbucks is right across the street from Pike's Place. Yep. Oh, wow. um, if you're ever in Seattle, it's sort of a must go to area. It's pretty yeah, cool. In the area, there's also this like there's this wall. It's a gum wall. Oh, the gum yeah, wall. The gum yeah. Wall. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's totally. Gr- it's so gross. It's the, totally gross. But you always ugh. have you have to you take have pictures. To go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you put gum on the gum wall? Yeah, oh of course. God. Ugh. You have to do it with like a straw or something, so you don't actually have to touch it. I always think right, about those yeah, Japanese yeah. game shows where you they like launch off a thing and try to stick themselves to a wall. I just imagine the gum wall being at no. the end of that. Is that like those dreams where you're like on the edge of a cliff and you just have this weird desire to jump? Yeah, it's the gum wall. You just want to just this weird desire rah. to like smash your face into it. Oh god! Well, no. no, when you're there, you want to touch it. You want yeah. to? It, yeah, it's you so know colorful. You it's yeah. like the three. It's like the three-year-old in you comes out. But yeah, yes. you'll just contract every single communicable disease known to man. Yeah, Absolutely, precisely. do not touch the gum wall. Um, I wanted to give a quick shout out to friend of the show Jack Landis, who uh, I saw on Twitter made top eight at game day hey. last weekend. Jack is, I believe, Jack's nine. Yeah, he's a young one. Yeah, he might be nine or ten now. He's better um, than Magic than I am, probably most assuredly. Do you know what he played? He played a teamer list. Ooh, oh, Team nice. Ramp? Yeah, I, I don't know the exact list. I know his dad played the Aristocrats uh, deck, Eric did, and, and got knocked out. Uh, but Jack was in top eight. Um, hey, man, big nucks. It's all about big nucks. True story. Uh, when 
I worked on cons development. It was the first uh, set I worked on at Wizards. Oh, uh-huh. cool. And when we were done uh, playtesting our FFL, our future, future league standard, we thought Teamer was one of the best clans. Because Big Nux was that good? Yeah, we just thought, you know, between Savage, Dunkle Blade, and Teamer Charm, and just all the really, like, all the uh, ferocious cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The Crater's Claws was one of our, you know, standout cards. This sounds like the deck I ran at GPLA. Yeah, yeah man. It's, and I was so surprised when it was, it's probably the worst clan in terms of uh, tournament success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, for sure, because Abzan, Jeskai, Soltai all had... And even had Mardu. Day. And even yeah. Mardu had some top eight success. Well, so. Jeskai's now essentially Mardu, Jeskai. Yeah. <laughs> They've combined the two, which is but great. yeah, I... I would not have guessed that Teemo was one of the weaker clans. Well, excitingly, there's a lot of red-green uh, ramp Eldrazi decks sort of on the horizon now. People are starting to figure out. I don't know if Teemo uh, is are... one of the weaker clans. Ask Jack Landis. He doesn't think yeah. so. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> our good friend uh, Gabe or SG Doc has a Teemo ramp list that seems really powerful too. So yeah. I'm a big fan of Teemo. Those are uh, That or Grixis are my spirit colors. So I'm nice. all in. Nice. Nice. Spirit Colors, speaking of that, our sister podcast is Masters of Modern. You can check them out on rocketjump.com right next to us on the podcast tab, rocketjump.com slash the MMcast. You can follow them on Twitter at the MMcast. Our editor for the show is Terry Robertson. Special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer for the living card animations that he does for the uh, YouTube version of the show. You can find that at youtube.com slash the command zone podcast, and you can find Jeffrey at livingcardsmtg on Twitter. And Adam, where can we find you on the Twitters? My Twitter name is very boring. It's at Adam uh, underscore Prosak. P-R-O-S-A-K, not boring at all. S-A-K, S-A-K. Yeah. I mean, Josh is... is not a letter. No. <laughs> Josh I'm is Josh Lee Kiwi. Kiwi. Yeah, Josh Lee Kiwi. I am just J.F. Wong. So I guess we all have quote-unquote boring usernames. But you know what? They're memorable. All right, Adam. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. All right, guys. We will see you next time. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. 
And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.